0: We want to uh, congratulate George Kleppel tonight, who turned 82 today. He's got a lot of work. He has to hurry and get it done. He's only got about 20 more years left. The Lord carries. Praise God. We appreciate George and Katie work in the tape room. Romans chapter 10. I want to preach this evening from uh, this passage of Scripture, very simple, a uh, sermon on faith, and yet it is uh, is very, very profound. And as I was pondering on this, uh, faith is uh, probably one of the most misunderstood subjects in the Bible. There are multitudes of books that are written on faith. There are Uh, all kinds of approaches to the subject of faith. And uh, in many of these approaches, faith is anything from a warm, fuzzy feeling to a supreme self-confidence to some kind of a magic formula for getting uh, some kind of uh, worldly uh, thing that fulfills your materialistic lust. And I want to uh, minister in the Bible this evening, and in uh, this passage has some uh, tremendous statements. I uh, haven't always understood what is in this text, but in the book of Romans chapter 10, the Apostle Paul uh, gives us an insight, and in this insight he begins to trigger our minds to some understanding of the dynamics that have to do with faith, and I believe it will give you a Some understanding. Beginning with verse 6 of Romans 10. says, But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart, Who will ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. Or who will descend into the abyss? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, In your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. In this text, it gives us uh, three powerful insights. All of these are crucial. All of these are revelatory. All of these are action words. All of these are tremendous keys that will help you to understand how to release your faith and to see God move in your behalf. The first thing I want to examine with you is that faith is something you believe. Now, it is not politically correct in our generation to be a person of faith or to be a person who believes. I was reading an interesting comment uh, a couple of days ago. It was a radio talk show host, and he uh, said something about those people who believe Jesus is the answer to all their problems. Because some book, no real scholar anywhere takes seriously as anything more than an example of allegorical literature says he's going to come back and save them someday. They make me sick. Now, uh, four or five decades ago, somebody would have lynched him before he got out the door. But today, he's applauded because he is said to be politically correct. If you're a believer tonight and you have strong convictions, you... Uh, wear a label anywhere from the radical right to uh, a religious fringe group, a religious crazy, uh, or a fundy, some of them call them. And so uh, uh, it is not politically correct tonight to believe. But I want to point out that this is a foundational concept, and in the text that we have says, with a heart one believes. Now this word heart is the, the word cardia, it is a, a very insightful word and what it literally means, it, it has to do with the deepest springs of your being. Now, uh, I don't know how many of you here have ever seen a spring. Has anybody here has ever, ever seen a spring, a real life spring? Uh, I'm dating myself because some of the, some of the uh, words that are here, uh, people, uh, the only spring they've seen is the faucet over the sink. And so that, uh, that's where water comes from. A spring is a sight to behold, a genuine spring as you gaze upon a spring, it somehow bubbles up from the depths of the earth. You can't see where it comes from. It It's uh, it's life force and the flow of this uh, uh, is uh, waters that are coming somewhere from the unseen depths of the earth. And it bubbles up and springs up. And it's a beautiful thing to behold. And this is the word that is used here. This word kardia, uh means the inner being of the personality. It is beyond the surface concept. It is Beyond something that is seen easily, it is the deepest springs of the soul and the being. That's what he's talking about. That this is uh, uh, this is the imagery that is there. What is tr- uh, is being uh, 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 propagated or is being spoken there? has to do with the entire rational being, has to do with our entire mental, our emotional, and uh, our uh, moral uh, uh, elements, uh, and all of these flowing together uh, like a a spring flowing from within, all of these have locked on to and believe, and the entire personality believes. So there's a link this evening between believing what God says... And a miracle demonstration. In the book of Isaiah chapter 53, 1, the Bible says, Who has believed our report and to whom is the arm of the Lord uh, revealed? There's a link tonight between believing and seeing God move in supernatural power. And uh, that believing isn't just simply a mental concept or an assent uh, uh, that uh, someone uh, 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 believes that they uh, uh, believe some religious things. Uh, but what we have here is a link between, and Isaiah the prophet says, uh, who has believed our report? He's speaking into the skeptical world. Uh, and as he speaks those words, uh, he lets us understand there's a link between believing and seeing God move. And so we want to understand that tonight because the Bible says uh, with a heart uh, one believes. This means that there is a persuasion of the whole being. The whole person is persuaded and the whole person has a persuasion about the record of Jesus Christ. In First John five ten and 11, the Bible says the record God has given of His Son, us of His Son. And this is the record that God has given to us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. To believe tonight means, first of all, primarily, that we believe the record that God has given, and essentially this evening as we're sitting in this building, we are believing the record that God has given us of His Son. This book contains the record of Jesus Christ. In the book of Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 20, The prophet says, Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. So what we have here is a persuasion of the entire personality, and that persuasion has to do with God's revelation of himself in Jesus Christ. Jesus said in Mark 9, 23, If you can believe, all things are possible unto him that believes. And Jesus emphasized that this is absolutely essential. There are two blind people that came to Jesus. Uh, and as these two bi- blind people came to Jesus, uh, he, uh, they, they wanted Him to heal their eyes. Uh, and He said to them, Do you believe that I'm able to do this? Now, believe this evening... It's linked to God's supernatural power. And believing the record that God has given of His Son is an absolute necessity. And so, as we begin to look at this, uh, Jesus emphasized this is absolutely essential. And this is why the Apostle Paul writes in Romans 10, and he says to us, uh, uh, these words, uh, with the heart one believes. There's a rule of a synagogue. He had a daughter that was, uh, uh, that was at home, and this daughter was desperately ill, and Jesus was on His way uh, to bring healing to that daughter. When the messengers came and said, uh, it's too late, she's already died, and uh, as Jesus heard these words, uh, He turned to the ruler of the synagogue, and He said to him, Do not be afraid, only believe. Now tonight we're talking about the inner depths of your being. We're talking at the deepest core of your personality. We're not talking about a mental ascent. We're talking about with the heart. And this is why the word is used there, uh, the word cardia. It means the deepest uh, inner well springs of the spirit life. uh, The mental, the emotional, the moral, the rational. And the Bible that we hold in our hands uh, is a history of people who have believed God. And what has happened to these people, one of these uh, is Abraham. The Bible says Abraham, and believe God and because of that he's called the father of the faith in Isaiah 43 verse 4 God says concerning these people. And I want to say to you something this evening that when God finds someone who believes uh, He will move heaven and earth on their behalf. Uh, That's how precious it is uh, in God's sight. And He says, uh, I gave Egypt for your ransom. Since you were precious in My sight, you have been honored and I have loved you. Therefore, I will give men for you and people for your life. Uh, Here is the issue. The issue is believing. Uh, Believing with your heart and when God finds someone that we believe, He will move heaven and earth on their behalf. Uh, This is something that you believe. When we talk about faith, we're talking about something that we believe. Faith also this evening is something that you say. Words have a powerful history in the Bible. In Psalms chapter 78 and verse 41 is one of the most astonishing statements in the entire Bible. And it literally says that these people limited the Holy One of Israel. Now this is an astonishing statement. Here's God who is omnipotent. Here is God who has all power. And yet this Scripture says that here are a group of people and these people were able to limit God's working in their behalf or they marked out or they set a boundary by their words against God's working on their behalf. And the word literally means they set marks or they set limits. And here is God who's working in their behalf. He wants to move in their behalf. He wants to do something for them, but they spoke words that set limits or put boundaries uh, beyond which God was not able to work. You say, well, what, what, what was this all about? Well, uh, here's a group of people, and these people spoke against God. They said, uh, here they are. It's the most astonishing thing in the entire Bible. Here they are. God's opened up the Red Sea. He swallowed Pharaoh's army. The ten plagues came upon uh, Egypt. They've seen God's hand powerfully moving uh, uh, both night and day. And they're out there and they do what uh, some people do today. And if we're not very careful, we're tempted to do this, they begin to uh, complain and bellyache. It's a wonderful thing to be saved. I don't know whether you appreciate what God's done for you, but it's a glorious thing to be saved tonight. It's a wonderful thing to have a, have a right mind, and you can even understand what I'm saying tonight. That's a great blessing. These people have seen the hand of God. They've seen the power of God. They've seen the glory of God. They've seen the blessing of God. And here they are out there. And as they're out there in the wilderness, they spoke against God after all these miracles. They said, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Numbers 14.28 picks this up. Psalm 78.41 gives it. Numbers 14 and 28, God responds. One of the most frightening things in the Bible, it says this several times in the Bible, it says, and the Lord heard them. That's a frightening thing. I want to tell you that God listens to sermons. God listens to people. God listens to conversations. And Numbers 14 and 28 says, I will be to you what you have proclaimed. Another translator translates that, as I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so will I do to you. They're out in the wilderness. They said, can God set a table in the wilderness? You know, what's going to happen to us? We're going to die out here. That's what we're going to do. We're just going to die. Now, here, here's God's provided for them. He's opened the Red Sea. He's crushed the Egyptian army. He's worked miracles. Uh, He's uh, uh, in their sight. And here they are. They have a little pity party. You want to be very careful about pity parties. Because pity parties can set your destiny for eternity. They said, I am... Uh, uh, They said, uh, uh, can God set a table in the wilderness? We're going to die out here. And God responds back, I'm going to deal with you exactly as you prescribe it. And another translator says, I will do to you the very thing I heard you say. Now these are some of the most astonishing statements in the entire Bible. Because faith this evening is something that you say. Not only is faith something you believe, but faith is something that you say, and words have a spiritual dynamic, and in the text that we have, we have the words uh, confession, and what this literally means is a profession or a proclamation, and uh, what this does is it turns faith into salvation, and in the text that we have, it says you believe in your heart, and you confess with your mouth, and you will be saved. Now these are tremendous words, because faith is something that you say. hear words, and these words spoken set in, court, uh, in motion the course of life. In the book of James, the prophet says that the body, the whole of life, or our whole being is triggered and affected or is set in motion. Our physical bodies, our spiritual beings, The creation in which we abide. The spiritual forces that are around us, both in heaven and in hell, are set in motion and are triggered by the words that we speak and the course of life is determined by the words that come out of our mouths. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 13, the Bible says, We having the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believed and therefore spoke, we also believe and therefore we speak. The dynamics of faith tonight put in motion by speech brings to pass a spiritual dynamic. Here we look into the text and we see that words move the whole of our being. There are many people that have developed a habit of poor-mouthing. How many of you know what poor-mouthing is? You talk to them, they're blessed wonderfully, but according to them, they're on the brink of poverty. And if you talk to them, when they begin to speak, they speak, well, we, we, we're so poor that we can't do this, or we don't ever have any money for that. And they're poor-mouthing. I want to tell you, that poor-mouthing will bring you poverty. If you speak poverty, there's a strange law in the spiritual realm that is triggered. I want you to know that you want to be very careful about the words that you speak that come out of your mouth. There is another uh, uh, habit that people fall into and this is unbelief and doubt. They go through life and as they go through life uh, they're filled with unbelief uh, and they're filled with doubt uh, and, uh, and uh, they begin to give a voice to this. Uh, and I'll, I want you to remember what I said. I said our physical bodies, uh, our spiritual being, uh, the creation round about us uh, and uh, the spiritual forces in both heaven and hell are set in motion by the words that we speak. If you mouth unbelief, if you mouth doubt, it has a powerful effect upon not only your personality, your being, your physical body, but also the world in which you live. Many people speak weakness and infirmity. They confess their weakness, they confess their infirmity, and they don't understand that words are spirits. In John chapter 6 verse 63 says, The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Now, while we understand tonight uh, that uh, this is not meant to enable you and I to indulge ourselves uh, in uh, in uh, in our lust and in our greed and uh, in 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 our uh, in our uh, uh, unrighteous uh, uh, ambitions to achieve material substance and to achieve various things, while we understand that, nevertheless, uh, these are the triggers that move in life and begin to affect. Uh, Jesus spoke to the weather. Jesus spoke to financial difficulties in the temple tax. I'll refer to that a little later. Jesus spoke to demon spirits. Jesus spoke to various deformities and ailments. Jesus spoke to various body parts, and in all of these, he leaves us an example that words have tremendous power, and as these words go forth, they trigger the spiritual realm. and this is why he said to the disciple, "The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit in their life, because words are spirits." In Mark 11:23. He says, For assuredly, I say to you, Whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, Believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. So let's go back for a moment to the text that we have. Here the text says, If you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth... You will be saved. And what happens is that words trigger the boundaries of life. Words that we speak uh, set the boundaries, uh, energize uh, uh, the forces uh, uh, of the spiritual realm, uh, and trigger dynamic forces uh, in the world uh, in which we live. Faith is not only something you believe. Faith is something that you say. There's an added thought here that I want to bring, and that is that faith is something that you do. In the book of James is a handbook on faith. This book of James was written to a generation that intellectualized faith. And as he writes this book of James, he writes because to them, Faith was simply concepts and theories, and it was platitudes. And they put faith in a the theological realm and removed it from the practicality. And so he writes, and as he writes, the, the theme of the book of James is that faith without action is dead. This is the underlying thought that is there. And his entire proposition is that you need to act. If you have faith, you need to act. And so as he begins to proclaim that, he says that if you will act, the man that acts is blessed in what he does. And he goes on to say that faith without works is dead, being alone. Now this is a powerful revelation because faith is also something that you do. See, real faith acts. Here in the text he says, calls on the name of the Lord and shall be saved. This is not a theological concept, and faith is not simply a concept here. This is something that an individual must take action, and as they take action, they must put their faith into action and actually begin to act upon the Word that God has given in Jesus Christ. This word saved is the word sozo. This Word is a beautiful Word that encompasses all of our salvation. It has to do with forgiveness of sins. The word sozo, this word saved, is used concerning forgiveness of sins. This word sozo is used concerning the healing of our bodies. It is used, this is the word saved, it is used concerning deliverance from demon spirits, and all those three facets are encompassed in this wonderful word saved. In the Old Testament, There's a beautiful illustration that helps us to understand this plainly. The people had sinned against God. As they had sinned against God, God sent uh, uh, fiery serpents among them. The people are being bitten by these serpents, uh, and as they're being bitten by these serpents, uh, they are dying. Moses cries out to God for a remedy and God says to him, Moses, take a, take a brazen serpent and put it upon a pole, make a brazen serpent, put it upon a pole and it will come to pass that everyone that looks upon that brazen serpent on the pole, which is the problem that you have, that's what's happened to you because of sin. Every one of those will immediately be healed. Their sin will be forgiven and they will rise up. Now let's think about this for a moment. There's perhaps three million people in the camp of Israel. That's a lot of bodies. How many of you know that's a lot of people? And so if you can imagine, uh, in a a group of people of three million, this is is, uh, more people than abide in the metropolitan uh, Phoenix city limits. Uh, And so here they are, and uh, people are dying. They're being bitten by uh, uh, by, uh, serpents, uh, and they're dying. And so the word goes out that if they will look upon this brazen serpent, they'll be healed. Well, now, it doesn't take a a great deal of understanding to know that if you put the brazen serpent in any part of the camp that there would be hundreds of thousands that could not see it. So this meant that the message had to go out among the camp. And as the message went out among the camp, the message was that God has provided a remedy for those that have been bitten and are dying. And the people that are looking upon that serpent and have believed what God said are wonderfully healed and forgiven of their sin. The word went out. This means then that those who are bitten would either have had to make their way there quickly or someone would have had to carry them within sight. And, and the Bible says... Very plainly that the moment that they looked upon in an act of faith, that faith is taking God at His Word, God said, if you'll do it, I'll heal you. God said, if you'll do it, I'll forgive your sin and heal your body and you'll be healed. And they took God at His Word and did exactly that. Numbers 21, 9, So Moses made a bronze serpent and he put it on a pole and so it was if a serpent had bitten anyone. When he looked at the, at the bronze serpent, he lived. Now, that's what faith is. Faith is something not only that you believe, faith is not only something that you say, but faith is something that you do. Here in the uh, New Testament, Jesus picks up this imagery in John chapter 3, 14 through 16. And Jesus said, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have Everlasting life. Now let's put that into the context from which it came. See, there are many people that uh, they they know some intellectual assent about Jesus Christ. They've heard or they've uh, uh, they might have read something. But you see, this pulls it out of the context. When those people heard about the brazen serpent, they were dying, and uh, they knew immediately they had to get where they could see the brazen serpent. And as they acted upon that and looked upon it, they were healed and gloriously delivered of that plague that came upon them. If you put that in the correct context, this means then that if you want to believe in Jesus Christ, this means this is an action word. There's something you're going to have to do. You're going to have to exercise your faith. You're going to have to respond to that. In the New Testament, there's a woman. This woman has a horrible condition in her body. The Bible says that for 12 long years... She'd had an issue of blood. This woman had been to every physician. She had uh, tried every cure. She'd spent everything that she had trying to find herself better, but she was no better. And uh, she'd spent all of her living for 12 years seeking a cure, but she heard about Jesus. Jesus is passing by. And the Bible says, as Jesus was passing by, this woman says, if I can but touch the hem of His garment, I shall be healed of this plague. Now remember, faith is something that you do. It's not just a mental concept. This woman knew about Jesus. This woman knew that Jesus saved, delivered, and healed. She'd heard the message. She'd heard the testimonies. She now has an opportunity... And she has an opportunity, she knows uh, that Jesus is passing by. And she says, uh, if I may but touch the hem of His garment, I'll be healed of this disease. She makes her way. We don't really know all the details that are there. Commentators speculate about the difficulty she would have to get to Jesus because of the press of the crowd. We don't really know all the details. Some have speculated that perhaps uh, because of the massive multitude that were around Him, she might have even had to crawl on her hands and knees uh, through the legs uh, and make her way to be able to get near Him. But she touched the hem of His garment and instantly she was healed of that plague. This is what faith is. Faith is something that you do. And so we see this uh, uh, in several places in the Bible. We have, I mentioned Peter. Peter is uh, one day uh, talking with those who are uh, talking about religious things and and, uh, they accuse him uh, of not paying the temple tax. Uh, He doesn't have any money to pay that tax. Uh, Jesus comes in and uh, tells him a little parable and then says to Peter these words, uh, Nevertheless, lest we offend them, you go to the sea, you cast in a hook, You take the feast that comes up first and when you've opened its mouth you'll find a piece of money take that and give it to them for me and for you. Now this is a fantastic statement. Here is a man who has a financial need and Jesus says to him, I want you to act upon my words. I want you to go down to the sea and catch the first fish that comes out and the first one you catch, look in his mouth and you're going to find a coin. It'll pay the tax. You go pay my tax and yours for that. Hallelujah. Are you still with me? See, faith is something you do. Who ever heard of fish carrying money around their mouths? You haven't, have you? How many of you ever caught a fish? Find any money in the mouth? Neither had anybody else. But Jesus said this. Peter believed this. He didn't just say, well, I believe that so. Yeah, Mom, yeah, but I'm persuaded. Yeah, but i got all the faith in the world. Man, faith. Listen, I've got faith. He went down and did something about his faith. He caught a fish, looked in the mountain, and there was the money. Here's a man in John 9. He is blind. As the man is there, he's brought to Jesus. Jesus spits on the ground. He makes himself a little mud. He puts it upon his eyes, and he says, Now you go wash your eyes in the pool of Siloam. Someone would have had to take him to the pool of Siloam. This man believed what Jesus said. See, faith is something that you do. He believed what Jesus said and the Bible says he went to the pool of Siloam and he came seeing. Now if this be true that I'm speaking tonight then what you and I have is a task before us and that task is to speak into the circumstances of life. This means then that faith is something that we believe. How many of you believe God tonight? Do you believe God? I want you to say I believe God. Say it again. That's the first step. You believe. You speak. But then you have to focus your faith on reality. If this be so, that I've spoken tonight... Then, what this means is that if you will believe God and begin to act, you believe in your heart. Remember, I said this is from the innermost being of the human personality, down in the springs, the cardia of the personality, the inner springs of the being. Then, this means that you can believe for your marriage, it means you can believe for your job, it means you can believe for your body means you can believe for your relationships. means you can believe for your ministries. It means you can believe for your nation. This means you can believe uh, for your city. How many of you uh, uh, hate what you see about America right now going on? Anybody get upset about queers that are marching openly and, and uh, the lies, the people that are in public places that lie through their teeth? I mean, it upsets me big time. How many of you get upset about that? How many of you get upset about, about uh, uh, tax and spin, tax and spin? April 15th is coming up, and I want to tell you, they shot me a jolt. Do you just say, oh, well, that's a Democrats, that's what it is, and then Republicans are just as bad. Or do you do something about it? See, God answers prayer, folks. We're dealing with spiritual forces. See, the, the creation is Spiritual. And so if what I've said is true, this means that you and I can believe in our heart that we can speak with our mouth and we can begin to act upon what we've prayed, whether it's our physical bodies, whether it's our ministries, whether it's our relationship, whether it's our church, whether it's our city, our nation, regardless of what it is, this means that we begin to affect the world in which we live. I've seen dozens of people gloriously healed when they acted upon what I had spoken, the prayer that we had prayed, and as they acted, they believed in their heart, they spoke the words of faith, and they acted, I've seen dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of indescribable miracle that God has done because they believed, they spoke, and they acted. Now if this is true in healing, then it's also true concerning the relationships of life. If this is true concerning healing, then this is also true concerning, concerning the affairs that you're involved in in life. has to do with relationships, has to do with ministries, has to do with families, has to do with uh, husbands and wives, has to do with children, has to do with church, has to do with your city has to do with everything of life. It has to do with the spiritual realm. If this is true, then God's waiting for someone to begin to act by faith. See, faith, faith, faith is, is, a, is a profound thing, and yet it's a very simple thing. And the problem with faith is that everybody talks about it, but nobody does anything about it. This has to do with habits. See, there's, there's folks that, oh, I just can't... I can't break this habit. I've got, I've got this habit. Well, uh, that's right. Set your limit. Put the mark out there. S- limit God. Say that. Uh, limit the Holy One of Israel by your just exactly what you say. God says that's exactly what I'll be to you. and yeah, well, uh, I tell you what. I just always have this these feelings. You know these torments. Say this, uh, I just am tormented why don't you begin to rise up and take dominion over old torment? I don't know if I've got any faith. Well, you probably don't. But you could have some. Temptations. Well, God knows how weak I am. Yes, He really does. And you haven't helped it a bit by confessing that you're weak. What you've done, you've already set the boundary. You've already set the limit. You've limited the Holy One of Israel. Addictions. Isn't it a marvel? that I've been preaching for years. I've seen glorious drug addicts just gloriously delivered by the power of God. Habits of years... And uh, yet we have somebody that's hooked on cigarettes. And, oh, I just can't get deliverance over cigarettes. You know, God can deliver heroin, but no, not cigarettes. I mean, cigarettes are too powerful. I mean, old demon nicotine is just so powerful that nobody could get. Oh, heron's no problem. Cocaine, uh, no problem. Whatever, but, but cigarettes. Oh, that's that, I mean, that's just so. I just can't get deliverance over these cigarettes. Well, you set the limit on God. Now, this evening as we're sitting here in this building, God is God. Hallelujah. Oh, I feel the presence of God here. God is God. I don't care what sin you have. I don't care what temptation you have. I don't care what difficulty you have. I don't care what weakness you have, what habits you have, what uh, broken relationships you have. God is God. And God says, if you believe me and you begin to speak into and you begin to take a dominion and authority over and act upon what you have prayed about, I will move in your behalf if you remove the limits by taking me at my word. I want every head bowed. I want every eye closed. No one's moving around for a moment. And Christians are praying. Faith is something you believe, is something you say, and is something that you do. While every head is bowed, every eye is closed, there are people here tonight that are not born again Others are here, you have had an experience with God, but tonight as you're sitting in this building, you're not right. The Holy Spirit's dealing with you as you're sitting in this building tonight and drawing you to himself. I wonder this evening, as we've talked about the serpent upon the pole, Jesus Christ likens that to his own sacrifice on Calvary's tree and says to you and I that if you will believe in Jesus Christ and you will by faith act upon that work done on Calvary's tree where the Savior shed His blood for you for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that if you believe in Him you'll not perish but have everlasting life. God says if you'll look upon that pole If you look upon that tree, if you look upon that sacrifice of God's Son and put your faith in that act tonight, God says, I'll receive you, I'll cleanse you, I'll wash you, I'll give you a brand new start, I'll deliver you, I'll heal you, I'll lift you up. And I wonder this evening, before we change this service to other things, how many honest people would say to me, Pastor Mitchell, I need God tonight. I need God to help me and I do believe I believe in Jesus Christ but I've just never put my faith into action but tonight I want to act and I want you to pray for me tonight pastor before you close this service out I need God I want your prayer I want you to slip your hand right up and hold it where I can see it yes God bless you how many more you slip your hand up and say I'm going to act tonight I want to be delivered I want to be free I want to be clean I want to be washed You'd slip your hand up right there where you are and say, I need God tonight. And I do believe, but I've not acted. And tonight I want to act upon the decision that I'm making is for Jesus Christ. Maybe you're a backslider. One time you knew God, and God wonderfully moved in your behalf and undertook for you, but you're back in sin. You're bound with habit. You're miserable in conviction and you feel the love of God dealing with you tonight and He's calling to you. You'd like to slip your hand up and say, Yes, Pastor, tonight I need God to help me. Would you pray for me from left to right, from front to back, from side to side. Say, I'd like like God to help me tonight. Pastor, would you pray for me tonight? Quickly, I'm going to change this in a moment. Jesus is calling right now. God's love is reaching out to you. You'd lift your hand and say, Pastor, I need God tonight. See, God can do nothing until you act. Faith is something that you do. And until you act, then God can do nothing for you. You'd slip your hand up. How many more? You'd just lift your hand and say, I, I, I need God tonight, Pastor, to help me. Left to right, front to back. And right, I wonder how many people, as we're changing this for a moment... You have been living a passive existence. You're living in a spiritual poverty. You see, this is, this affects your job. This affects the open doors of ministry. What I'm talking about tonight can give you favor in witnessing the gospel. What I'm talking about tonight can move in in promotion in. Uh, in your career, your job. It can give you wisdom in your decision. James said, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally and upbraids not, but let him ask in faith. This means that it goes beyond the mental asset. This this involves your business. This involves contracts that you're involved in. This involves purchases. See, when you begin to put your faith into action, you're going to see the world change. Maybe God's speaking to you tonight. You are saved. You, you love God. You're serving God. But you have just passively allowed the affairs of life to come and affect you and carry you in the tides and the currents of life. You have risen up and begin to take your uh, position in Jesus Christ and begin to speak to the condition and the circumstances. And you begin to claim God's territory and God's inheritance and God's promise, and God's dealing with you tonight. You need to rise up and do that. You would slip your hand up and say, "Yes, I need to rise up and do that." God bless you. Keep those hands up a moment. These are honest hearts tonight. God's dealing with you. He wants people that will act. He wants people that not only will believe but will begin to speak into the circumstances of life and begin to act upon. Yes, God bless you. Others, you'd like to slip your hand up and say, I'm, i I'm, I'm, no longer. I'm going to be passive. I'm going to begin to, uh, begin to." Take dominion. I was just reading in the, in the prayer room tonight, out of the book of Joshua. God speaks to Joshua and says to Joshua, My, my servant Moses is dead. He said, No longer. You're going to depend on Moses, Joshua. Now, now you're going to have to rise up. You're going to have to take the authority. You're going to have to take the dominion. You're going to have to move into the inheritance I'm giving to you. He said, Every place the sole of your feet touches, I'll give you for possession." Conversely, that means then if Joshua is not willing to take territory, then he's not going to possess it. How many more? You'd slip your hand up and say, Yes, I'm I'm a believer. I do believe. I am saved. I love God, but I'm living a passive existence. And I'm going to begin to rise up and begin to believe God. I'm going to lay hold of God. I'm going to begin to press the battle to the gate. I'm going to begin to speak in to the circumstances of life. In the name of Jesus Christ, I'm going to begin to take territory that belongs to me in Christ. Anyone else? You slip your hand up. I'm going to change this in just a moment. We're going to stand. We're going to sing that chorus. Oh, how I love Jesus. These altars are open. I want everyone that lifted your hand to find a place to pray. I want you to begin to speak into the issue that God's dealing with you about tonight. As we sing this for a moment, let's wait upon God. And oh, Jesus, and oh. We're to get who, who believe we do exalt and glorify your name. Praises wait for you, Lord. We love your name and exalt you. We glorify you and thank you, O oh God. Wonderful Jesus, wonderful Jesus. While you're bowing there, I don't want to conclude until you have taken dominion and verbally spoken into the issue of the heart. Those of you that are standing, I want you to bow your head for a moment. I want us all to begin to pray for these dear people. I want us to, in unison, begin to speak into jobs, employment, businesses, families, ministries, doors of opportunity, city and nation individual lives and circumstances of the world i want you to begin to speak into these right now those of you standing bow your head begin to pray out loud let's begin to lay hold of god right now you speak out whatever the issue is in the need of heart god right now in the name of jesus christ we come before you lord we do believe we plead the blood of sprinkling right now covenant blessings We release all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. God, we cast off the spirit of sodomy off of our nation. God, we cast off the spirit of murder in abortion off of our nation right now. God, we cast off the spirit of witchcraft and sorcery right now in the name of Jesus Christ. We cast off untruthfulness and lying that has laid hold of our nation. God, we cast off the unclean spirit, the perversity that has gripped society. God, we claim deliverance and salvation. We claim cleansing, purity and holiness. We release blessing. Father God, we release forgiveness and love. We cast out hate and bitterness. Lord, we cast out vengeance and resentment. We cast off all these Uh, forces and inequities that divide and destroy god i cast off insanity i rebuke the foul powers of habit and addictions that have laid hold of our nation oh god in the name of jesus christ uh, i release blessing uh, open doors of opportunity for these people Uh, god bless these that are faithful Minister to these that are unemployed. God, minister to these that are desperate and broken in heart and soul. I pray that minds shall be restored. Affliction shall be broken. Chains of habit and bondage will be cast aside right now. Oh, God, we believe your word right now. We believe you. We speak into the issues of life. We speak blessing and salvation. We speak revival and visitation from heaven. Oh, God, right now bow down the heavens. Uh, Holy Spirit, come forth upon us even now. In the name of Jesus Christ, uh, let the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God fill this place. Uh, Let the fires of evangelism be kindled. uh, Oh, God, let our hearts uh, be set afire in this place tonight, I pray. In the name of Jesus Christ, let the blood prevail right now. Let's begin to thank God for that right now. Oh, in the name of Jesus, heal and restore families, Lord. Father God, let broken hearts uh, be refreshed. I pray for afflicted minds. I thank you for touching these, God. Praise. Let's praise God right now out loud. Oh, God, we worship you and adore you right now. Praise is under God. Let your praise fill this place.